You're listening to the Sasquad Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Facebook Live interview series on Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. We sat down with ultra-running legend Gags. Michael Gagliardi is an ultra-runner, a storyteller, and a proud Philadelphian. Gags has become a nationally recognized and accomplished ultra-runner with 13 finishes of 100 miles or greater. His podcast, Running Times, centers around the growing ultra-running community by featuring a colorful cast of athletes who are pushing the sport's boundaries. So sit back and relax or go out and hit the trails and enjoy the show. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Run Venture Facebook Live series. My name is Kim Levinsky. I'm the owner and race director for Sasquatch Trail Runners in New York and New Jersey. And tonight we're going to be interviewing ultra running legend Gags to hear his running story and all the amazing things that he's doing for the trail running community here in the Northeast. Uh, before we jump to the interview, I'm going to share a few updates on what's going on in the wonderful world of Sasquatch trail running. So we are coming to the end of the year, which is hard to believe. Thanksgiving is days away from us. So we are approaching uh, the end of the calendar year. So up next, we actually have an event going on this weekend. It's our Run Venture field trip. We are going out to the Delaware Water Gap on this uh, this coming Sunday, November 21st. We're going to meet at the Mount Tammany parking lot. That's the Dunfield Creek parking lot at 9 a.m. on Sunday. And this is a our field trips, we like to call them. We just had one at Hacklebarney State Park. Um, it's fun. It's a, it's basically a group meetup and you're going to go out on your own or tag along with friends that you bring or you're going to make new friends at the meetup. And then we've got a couple of different loops for you to choose from. They range from 5K up to 19 miles. So we had the GPX files available for you. You can contact me um, either through social media or our website. My email's on there and we can get to the GPX files ahead of time. Uh, with the turn by turn. So it's really fun. If you haven't been to Mount Tammany, this is a really great opportunity to check it out with some other trail runners. And if you're a hiker, you're also welcome to come as well. Pace does not matter because this is your, your own run venture. You're going to go out with other people who are at the meetup. So that is this Sunday again on November 21st. After that, next weekend, November 27th on Saturday is our annual Squatchy Leftovers race. So we've got distances from 5K up to 50K, and you can sign up for that on ultrasignup.com. We are approaching about 200 runners for that event, which is super exciting for us. Um, Make sure you snag your spot before they sell out. And as long as we have openings, we're going to keep registration open through race day. So you'll be able to sign up for that. Uh, We are celebrating our good friend, Trishal Churns. If you've not heard of him, you can go back in the archives of our Sasquad uh, podcast and listen to our interview with him. He is a, another ultra running legend. He is completing his 300th, 300, 300 ultra marathon at the Squatchy Leftovers 50K. So we are excited to celebrate him and that major accomplishment in our sport. So encourage you to come out. We're going to have some great food. We're, we are also um, debuting uh, some really fun changes to our aid station. We are going to be Decking out the aid station with vegan and gluten-free options. You guys have told us you want to see those changes happen. And so we are making those changes happening. We are working with our uh, good friend, Dina Griffin. She's a sports dietitian with the Nutrition Mechanic out in Colorado. And we've been putting together some of these changes. And we're really excited to do this. And uh, it's another 
nod and honor to uh, Trishul because he is the king vegan, I like to call him. Uh, and so we're going to be uh, doing some of that fun stuff on the 27th. And then in December, we've got two events that are also coming up. December 12th, we are doing the Eggnog Slog All-Star Classic. That is happening at 10 a.m. on December 12th at the South Mountain Reservation in West Orange, New Jersey. Um, yes, it is as disgusting as it sounds. The rules are simple. You have to chug eight ounces of eggnog, run or hike one quarter mile, and repeat that until you hit a mile of running or hiking and 32 ounces of eggnog. I mean, I'm starting to feel kind of queasy just thinking about that. Um, but this is a free event. All you have to do is BYO eggnog and BYO cup and possibly BYO bar fag. I don't know. You might want to consider bringing that with you. Uh, winner takes home a gallon of eggnog. Maybe. Just kidding. You'll find out. So that's on December 12th. Again, that's a free event. You can learn more about that on our website. And then to finish out the calendar for 2021, we are finally headed back to Weiweyanda State Park on December 18th for our Squatchyanda Full Moon Ugly Sweater Night Race. And it is a full moon on December 18th. So we are excited about that. You can sign up to run or hike eight miles or four miles. And that park, uh, there's, it's, it's a gorgeous park. The trails are awesome. Um, this is a really runnable course that we have. We're excited to bring this event back after taking a year off last year due to uh, the pandemic. So you can sign up for that race as well on ultrasignup.com. So that wraps up our events for 2021. If you want to learn more about them, you can go to our website, sasquatchtrailrunning.com. And you can also check out the dates that we have for 2022. We've got most of them up on our website. Okay, so the reason you are all here, the man, the myth, the legend, Gags. Uh, Michael, I'm going to read his bio here. We, we shared this on the event page on Facebook, but I'm going to read it. And so it'll set the stage of where we are going tonight. So Gags is an ultra runner, a storyteller, and a proud Philadelphian. He's become nationally recognized and accomplished ultra runner with 13 finishes of 100 miles or greater, including the famous Tahoe 200 and the fabled Leadville 100, plus many victories, course records, and podium finishes. He was awarded the 2020 Best of Philly for his Philly Four Corners run, a 76-mile walk bike run friendly route he created that traces the perimeter of philadelphia his podcast running time centers around the growing ultra running community by featuring a colorful cast of athletes who are pushing the sports boundaries so gags my man so we just met actually in person for the first time um a week ago two weeks uh, ago? that was back at uh, that was the november 6th at the batona 33 and 55 miler put on by the good folks who also put on Haynesport. Shout out John and Vanessa, Vanessa and John. Um, yeah. So that was the first time we met in person when I was helping, I was helping friends sweep the course. And as soon as I saw you, I was like, finally, finally. <laughs> we both we said that, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> We both said that. And, you know, we got to take a second. You, you alluded to it. Vanessa Klein and John Swanson are two phenomenal human beings. And I, I love them both. They put on great events, but more important than that, they are just great, great, great human beings. Agreed. Agreed. So it was, and it's, it's always nice to, you know, 
I, I, I've had some rough times at that course over the years. So um, now that they've taken over their, uh, that particular race and they're starting, they're, hopefully they can get this Jersey Devil 100 off the ground. I was kind of going out there for like a reconnaissance mission to see if maybe I can give that course one more shot. Because that's sandy, those sandy hills, those sandy rolling hills, it just uh, it does, it doesn't, it just, it's always, it's always giving me problems. Mm, I hear you. Yeah, because, you know, we were running the aid station. Um, it was towards the end of their 55 miler. So runners right. are, are getting towards the end. And that was something we heard over and over again was, man, this course is flat, but it is, it is so deceptively challenging. It is. It really is. And I think for myself, like both times that I ran that course back in 2016 and 2018, you know, I'd come off like, you know, personal bests, so to speak. And I think I went into those races a little bit, like a little bit foolhardy um, and a little bit with a little bit too much hubris, you know, and I was like, ah, it's flat. I got this. You know, I just yeah. came back from whatever, just, you know, just to and both and both times it's just in fact the second time i was signed up for the 55 miler and i dropped down to 33 mid race mm. you know so so it sounds like you got a little um i i, I do you gotta I, head I, back I there huh it's yeah it's a batona two gags zero <laughs> <laughs> well i have no doubt you're gonna get back there and, and tear it up i mean you got some some nice mileage the other day because you swept you swept the whole. No, How much no, no, did you no. Do? I only did, did twenty miles. Okay. I only, I only swept the last twenty. Um, who was it? It was uh, oh, I'm gonna, uh, Melissa, Kate, and someone else ran. Uh, I'm so sorry to that third person. I'm drawing a blank. But I, they won't, actually, I won't tell her. They actually swept the in the entire course. Wow. They're okay. all crazy. <laughs> who does that? Who goes out there sweeping ultra? Come on the best community in the world. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, we've got a lot of pressing questions, you know, both you and I put out the call for some questions <clears throat> online and we got back uh, quite a few good ones. Shout out to uh, our mutual friend, Kaylin. She really, she crushed it with the questions that she can't, I, I should have just asked her to come on and, and do the interview because she's, she's been a guest interviewer for us several times on the podcast um, and she does such a great job. I know. And, uh, but Gags, let's start with the most pressing question we have that was brought up is uh, what beard oil do you use? <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a question I get asked frequently. And first of all, I don't use oil uh, because with a beard, like with this kind of length to, to use oil would just be too heavy. It would be too greasy. Um, it just wouldn't be a good look. And it would stain my t-shirts too. And, and okay. you can't have that. Um, so I use a product called Maestro's, uh, they're a local company just outside of Philadelphia. They're made in Bristol, in Bristol, Pennsylvania. Um, they have a variety of products. They have a beard wash, uh, which I'll, which I use. Um, they have the beard butter, which I use daily. And I, and I, and I prefer the, uh, I, I believe it's called uh, scent of a man or mark of a man or some horse shit like that. Um, that's that, that's the, the one that I prefer. Um, yeah. And th that's what I use. Do you My get trip. asked that question often? I do. Um, okay. yeah, because, yeah, because when you start to grow your beard out, 
it can be itchy at times. It can get kind of like, and plus, you know, when you start to grow it out, it can get caught on your shirt collar or, or get caught, you know, and just, it gets, so you need to learn how to keep your beard kempt, you know? So dudes have questions. I mean, it's, listen, it's the same thing with ladies or, you know, people who have questions about makeup or how they are or how they, how they want to do their hair or whatever, you know, guys can <laughs> get a little bit like that too. Even if, you, even if you grow your beard out. So yes, that is a question I, I get asked frequently by dudes. I mean, people have stopped me on the street frequently and been like, hey, like, what do you use? And I tell them maestros. I, I am glad we got that question out of the way to start this interview because it was pressing. A lot of people want, the people want to know. <laughs> but that's what keeps it soft, wavy, curly, you know. That's what keeps it like natural looking. Okay, I do. Have, I mean, it would just be crazy. It would be all. It would be, it'd be all over the place. <laughs> I have to ask you this question, okay? So I have a group of friends uh, who I run ultras with, and they these are a group of ladies. They always have to have race braids, okay? So it's like French braid pigtails. It's like a it's like a race day ritual. So okay. do you have? a race day ritual routine for your beard absolutely not no okay no I just it's it's the same thing i do every day okay um i have tried to braid it up one time while running i didn't care for it um the problem i have when i run with it with a with a hydration vest um is that those like those little nipples for the vest is like that kind of plastic where if your hair touches it it kind of rubs so there's been a lot of times where the beard kind of gets caught like on the bottles right here. And it's very that's, annoying. So that's not good. when I see trail runners, so for example, like you'll see trail runners with those big long straws, those I can't wear. Cause that's just forget, it, you know? So I'm yeah. So for something like that, I have in the past, you know, just kind of tied it up like something like this. Right. But if I'm keeping it real, I like the feeling of my beard flowing over my shoulders when I'm running. Like, that's how I know I'm running well. When I feel that, you know, when I feel it forking and just flowing over my shoulders. That's when you know you, you're you in flow. That's a part of it. You got the beard. Yep. Everything's yeah. clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. Beard in the wind. And I can see my shadow. Like, you know, if it like if the sun's at a certain angle, you can see your shadow ahead of you. You can see your beard just like doing what it's supposed to do. That's a nice feeling. You know, I gotta, I gotta imagine you've got some similarities to Sasquatch himself because I, I would, I would imagine that when he is running through the woods, his beard is kind of no. got that flow going on as well. That's about <laughs> all we have in common. That's about it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right well i'm glad we got that out of the way i'm sure there'll be some uh you know the people if you're watching you want to drop some questions in the about the beard i will relay it um to gags here um okay let's talk running all right so we always love to ask our guests to share a little bit about their own running stories so i always say you know it's up to you where that starts and begins how much detail you want to go into but i think that'd be a good starting place for us and then we can kind of springboard off into some other stories, but um, love for you to share your running story thus, and then, you know, specifically how you got into the world of uh, trail running and ultra running. Sure, sure. Um, 
and I've told this before to to some people. Uh, you know, there was a time, was it 10, 11 years ago? You know, I was like, I was literally 242 pounds, you know, tipping the scales at 242. Yeah. And I was on like, and I was on the cusp of shopping at the big and tall store. And like, even when I tied it, like, a, even when I tied a necktie, I couldn't tie it without it coming to like the middle of my belly. You know what I mean? Like, I had, like, I was heavy set. And you know, my wife at the time, she had said you should, she had joined, she had signed us up for the uh, YMCA family plan. And that was it. You know, like I, I you know, I, I, I walked into that gym like a wad of cookie dough. Um, I had like the classic sweatpants on, t-shirt. I mean, I was a hot mess when I walked in there, you know, and, but I kept walking in there and, you know, about a year went by and I was doing like all the body pump classes. Like mm-hmm. body pump was my shit. I was in there Mondays and Wednesdays. There was times I would go in early in the mornings on Tuesdays and Thursdays because um, it was like a high impact, you know, and I was just, yeah. it was all about the cardio and just like cutting weight. Mm-hmm. And after about a year of like riding, the, like riding the spin bikes and doing those kinds of things, um, my brother had asked me to sign up for a 10K. It was the, it was this mud run, this um, down and dirty Merrill Mud Run, July 15th, 2012. And that was it, man. Um, I did the race and uh, I fell in love with the process. And eight and eight years ago today, I completed my first marathon, the Philadelphia Marathon, which is All taking right. place, which is taking place this weekend. And I've done it every and I've done that marathon every year since then, minus last year because of COVID. You know, and in years past, I've done like all the challenges that they offer. You can do all the races and stuff. And, you know, so but you asked about like where the, the trails and the ultras come from. You know, when I had done a couple marathons and I enjoyed it, um, it's a very nice community, you know, and I was I, I loved it and I loved setting goals. That feeling of setting goals and having something to look forward to, like something to keep me motivated. Man, that shit drives me nuts. I love it. Like I feed off of that, you know? So, but I'm wired a certain way, Kim, you know, just like many in our sport are. Like there's a reason why we don't stop at a 5K, you know? In my personal life, I don't stop at some things. So I've learned over the years how to throw it into this, into this bag that we call running. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking for more stuff to do because the marathon wasn't enough. You know, I, I, um, I was looking into like triathlons. I, I did a couple of those. I did an Ironman distance uh, triathlon and I didn't particularly fall in love with that community either, but I love the endurance aspect of that. Like when they called me an, an endurance athlete, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. First of all, they're like, they're calling me an athlete. Now they're calling me an endurance athlete, you know? Right. And that was, a, that was like, that was a pretty powerful identifier at the moment. Um, and then from there, um, you know, I, I did this, this Bucky challenge in Bucks County. It was a, a half marathon Saturday, a full on Sunday. I placed third overall in that two weeks later. And then the following week I did the Philly marathon. This, this is all 2014. Two weeks later, I ran my rock, I ran the Rocky 50 K shout out to Rebecca Barber. That's what, put me down the path when I ran that Rocky Fix K for the first time I knew I found my tribe and I had the wherewithal like while it was all taking place to know that like these are my people and 
there's no other way to describe it, you know? And it was like, I can, I, that was it. That was literally, I, that was it. That was the moment. Can you pinpoint, you know, I love, cause this comes up without fail. Almost every interview we have, when people talk about they're getting into the trail and ultra, they always say something like that. Like I found my people. And I love to ask the question, like, can you pinpoint what it was that just like really attracted you to that, to this community, you know, that we're all a part of? Absolutely. Um, during that run, <clears throat> I, I met a woman named Mary Arnold uh, from the, from uh, New York City. And she and I ran together with a pack of people. And I didn't know anybody else besides my, my buddy Keith, like, like that morning. And, uh, and I'm with this pack of people and they were all experienced ultra runners and they're talking about hundred mile races. And there was something about, I think I was telling, I, I forget what story I was telling, but it was a story that like, I don't want to say that a non ultra runner, that a, that a non ultra runner would be like, holy shit. And when yeah. I said to these folks, it was like, it was like saying the word the. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was in, and I, I, I wish I could recall what that, like, what that story was. And that was my first hint at like, whoa, you know, this is like, these guys understand what it's like to not be able to stop, you know? And the conversations we had that day, they wiggled in and out of that. And as soon as I got home, like Mary and I kept in touch. And to this day, she's one of my closest men, like mentors and friends, you know, and, but the more I started to research the ultra runners and like this sport and the distances and the challenges and what it takes. And yeah. Yeah. It like, sounds like it really lit a fire in you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it taught me that, that like 26.2 is just an arbitrary number. You know, it's not, it doesn't mean anything. Numbers are numbers. They're like imaginary ceilings. Right. Right. So what, so what point did you kind of dive into the trail, trail running scene and, and what did that look like for you? <laughs> I'm very clumsy. Like if you see me run in person, I'm a, I have a classic shuffle stride, right? So my trail running day, like days have always been filled with trips and falls and, you know, I'm not a graceful trail runner. Um, but I started to do the trail runs because when I started to run, like to run longer distances, like marathon training, I would go to Pennypack Park here in Northeast Philadelphia and Stephen Weiss would you know, do the races there. Well, I didn't know any of that stuff when I, when I was doing marathons. But when I started to research ultras, because um, and I hadn't really run any trail races prior to the Rocky 50, I mean, prior to that Rocky 50K. Um, but when I started to research trail races, I saw one in Philadelphia with Stefan as it was like the dirty German. I was like, yeah. this is awesome. You know, like this is, and that was, and that was my first trail race. Um, and, and then when I saw everything laid out, like all the candy, all the chips, the grill, <laughs> he had like the grilled cheeses, Uber yeah. is like doing his thing by the, the you know, <laughs> by the bridge. Where, like, I mean, and this is, and this is a bridge where back in the day I was smoking blunts and drinking forties, like on, like, on top of the train bridge and here's this german dude who used to play he was a, by the way he's a professional he he's a retired football player he yeah. scored the first kick the uh, first points i believe for the seattle seahawks 
back in the oh. day when they, like when I first became a uh, franchise. Oh, yeah. I don't that then, but like here he is. Where I we were like I was a kid doing his accordion, and I was like, this <laughs> is this is awesome, you know. Yeah, you know that's that's another real stand-up guy down there near you. Stefan is he? I so enjoyed getting to know him over the last couple of years, and I've run a couple of his events. And and like he's, I mean, I think he's he's well known. He's such a great guy, but his aid stations are top notch, unbelievable, top notch. <laughs> and the thing that appeals to me with the with the ultra runners and the trail runners is like, if you look at me. I'm not a clean cut guy, you know, and over the years, I've never been a clean cut guy. And, you know, you see these things about suits, you know, like, like the corporate suits, you know, I, I think in the ultra running world and in the trail running world, there's less of that. There's less matchy matchy, you know, there's less, there's, there's less of that. Yeah. It's just more real. It's just, it's just my people. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's a really good observation. Yeah. I think people, a lot of people just, I think the acceptance and the accessibility of trail running, it kind of fosters that sense of like, show up who you, as you know, as you are, who you are. And, and I wish more people understood that, you know, like I, I, I wish more people who don't take advantage of the trails who are road runners. I wish they understood that, you know, yeah, you're going to look goofy at times. Yeah. You're going to trip and fall. It's okay. Right. You know, get out, just get out there and do it. It's fun. Right. right. Totally. But, but, you know, but like, but like trail races for me, they're not my, they're, they're not my forte. Not at all. And so when I go to them, you know, like they're fun, like, and I definitely want to do well, but I'm not trying to, like, I, I have no delusions of grandeur when I show up to a trail race, you know, right. I'm mostly there to eat, to eat, eat like grilled cheeses and have fun. <laughs> Yes, I know. So that's a good segue because I've I've heard you're you're a bit of a loopy man. You you like yeah. the loop the loop the loop. So would you say that's that's kind of your jam? Like that's your sweet spot? Very much so. Um, I really enjoy falling into that rhythm um, and just kind of letting just letting the body do what it's supposed to do and turning off the brain for a while. Um, that's where I found like that really is my wheelhouse mm-hmm. over the years. So describe, describe your perfect race, like pretend it's your perfect, your perfect date. What would your perfect race be? What, what's the course like? What's the format? What's the distance or the timed event? If it's a fixed time event, what's, what's it going to look like for, for, uh, for the sweet spot for you? Wow. (laughs) Um, I think right now I'm really into the timed races. I think these 24 hour races, if, if I could have here, all right. Here it is. If I could have a perfect 24-hour race, yes, I would just it. go 50-50-50. Eight hours, eight hours, eight hours. Give me 50-50-50. That's what I would – that to me would be a perfect race. I don't think I would qualify for the U.S. national team um, with with a 150, but that would just show tremendous consistency. Mm. And I think Maggie Guterall, when she qualified for the, for the team, um, I believe <clears throat> her – like her splits were spot on, you know? So something like that. And something where people are like, wow. You know, just to put up a performance like that, you know, to put up a, to put up a 150 plus would just be phenomenal. To earn my spot on the, on the uh, USA national team, when, whether it be a fluke or not, I don't care. 
I'm I mean, that would be phenomenal, right? It would, it, it would be, and that's what I think about all the time. And again, I don't have any delusions of grandeur, you know, but that to me would be a perfect race, qualifying for the, like qualifying for that team. Would you be the first, I wonder, the first team member with full-blown beard on USA? <laughs> I don't know, but you, there's a, you know, there's a, a marathon runner, uh, Noah, uh, Noah Drody. He's a, he's an awesome dude to follow on uh, social media. When he hit the marathon scene, this guy has like, he's tall, skinny, but he has like the long black hair, hipster mustache. He plays in a, he, he plays in a, in a, in a rock band and he made such a splash when he was qualifying for the, um, when he was trying to qualify for the, uh, Olympic team back in 2016. He's a stud. So something like that would be kind of cool. Like if yeah. I were able to you know, just to say, walk onto the team and be that guy, wow, that would be a perfect race. That's it. Um, now you mentioned splits. I remember Kaylin had a question. Yes. So I'm gonna yeah. right. She referenced splits. So let me pull up my uh, list here. I think it was about consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kaylin's questions was. Uh, you are pretty consistent with your splits over the span of a hundred mile. How do you tap into that? Was it a change in your training, a mental shift or a mantra? That's a really, that's, those are some nice questions there. So about consistency with your uh, mile splits in ultras. Thank you, Kevin, for that question. Cause was, I, I was actually thinking about that one. Um, when I saw it, I was like really thinking about that. I, um, it, it's not, it's not, it's not a mantra. Um, I think it's, and I, <clears throat> I think it came with experience. Um, it, it comes with consistency. It came with experience. We have this tendency. I, I, I had this tendency to kind of go out fast. It's like, oh, I can keep a nine. Uh, I can keep a nine fifteen. Well, yeah, I can keep a nine fifteen for like six hours. But can I keep a nine fifteen for twelve hours? Can I keep a nine fifteen for eight for like eighteen hours? No. So then what happens? Then I wind up walking for the last 20. Like, dude, it's like doing this, like, run, walk, jog thing where you're – and it – but I learned if I can pull it back a little bit in the beginning. And I don't want to say dog it, but start – I run out, and I feel like I'm dogging it, you know? And, I, yeah. and I'll actually enjoy knowing, like, okay, this guy's got three, four miles on me. It's three hours in. Cool. Mm. I'll catch it, like – 15 hours from now, you know, right. and I enjoy that, like keeping that slow, steady pace. And that's so I learned how to, I think I gradually with experience learned how to, because you, we all have these gears, right? Like right. when you do these runs, you have different gears. And even in your training runs, you'll have like speed work and stuff where you're hitting certain gears. Well, when you're doing a long distance thing or like a, or a loop race for like, for me personally, I'm not at the caliber where I can push it to like the, the, or keep the needle on the red the whole time. I'm not that guy, but I, but I can do slow and steady. You know, I can hold that second gear all day long. So that's learning the gears, learning how your body works. And that comes with time. And, and, and also you have to let your ego go a little bit. Like mm -hmm. when, when you see these young hot shots or, or these young women or these young runners all right these these talented runners i'll just leave it at that you see these talented runners there you go like, yeah and you want to keep up with them and you can but at what cost 
Mm. You know, at what cost? So you got to let that go. You have to run. You have to be in your own head. Run your own race. Mm. You know? So that came with time, Caitlin. Good question. That's it, Caitlin. Thank you for asking it, Kim. No problem. I'm going to keep going off of her list because you and I have said this beforehand. There were some really great questions yeah. here. And I'll, I'm going to make sure I'm keeping an eye on the chat. I think we've got a question about nutrition that will hit um, after this. But sure. um, I think it was her first or second question. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, it was, it was a deep one. I feel like we're warmed up, right? We can, we can, we can jump in a little bit here. So, uh, I love this question. I definitely wanted to ask it. She said, you've achieved a lot in running and are branding out with your podcast and other ventures. What would you like your legacy to be whether in running or otherwise? So great. Kaylin always, she always puts those deep questions on the, on the chat here. So that's a really nice one. Um, have you thought about that at all? Is that something that you're conscious of or? Put some no, thought I haven't, it or haven't really thought about it. No, it kind of like when I read that question, it is a great question, but it also made me think of like, I need to make a will, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like really that was, that was my first thought. Like, damn dude, I'm 46 now. Things can happen. I need to make a will. So that was my first thought when I read that question. Um, so no, I really haven't given much thought to my legacy because honestly, like I'm still writing it. You know, I think we're all writing our legacy and I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not sitting here like, what are they going to say about me 30 years from now? No, I'm not too, too concerned about that. But I think what I am concerned about is like, maybe I, legacy, because in my head, legacy, just it, it just it's, it's wrapped up in my physical body is no longer here. You know, I can't control my actions. Mm. So when I thought about a question, <laughs> my initial thought was like, I don't want any yeah buts. Like, Gags was a good dude. Yeah, but. Because to mm-hmm. me, like, yeah, but's live in the fucking trash can. Like, I, I don't. So that would be one thing. So if someone. So it's. I'm not concerned about the legacy. What I'm concerned about is being a good dude. You know, like, Gags is a good dude, period. Right. So it's about living right now. Like, living properly now. You know? Um, so when I hit it, when I said before about you know, I, I put everything into running. Like, I'm not kidding when I say that. Like, yeah. I'm deadly serious. I got a lot of, you know, I, I think we all, I'm 46, man. I did a lot of living, you know, before I started living properly. So I come with a little bit of baggage, like a little bit, like, I'm, you know, but I've learned over the years with this, through this running thing, man, if I toss it into running, it's like the more I throw into running, it's the better person and I, I become I feel like I'm a better person because of it mm-hmm. so and I'm and, and and when you think like that you're not I, me personally when I think like that I'm not thinking about what they're going to say about me today or 30 40 50 million years from now you know I want to know that people can re- like I want to earn your respect you know I want to be respected and I want to give you respect and just live properly you know throw it all into running for me it's running so everything I'm doing, I'm throwing it, it's, it's revolving from running. It's, it's revolves around running. Mm-hmm. It's boring. Like if you, if, if we hang out, you know, I mean, I'll talk about a couple other things also, but like, that's my passion. You know, that's what, that's what keeps me sane. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always fun. You know, when you go for a run with other runners, you talk about running, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sure. 
But I mean, I have other life stories and I have other things I can talk about too, but, but running is really what grounds me. So when I say like, if you get to know me personally, like, yeah, I will talk about whatever, but it's, I'm waking up at a certain time. I'm going to try to run at a certain time. I'm going to try to eat a certain meal at a certain time. I'm going to do a certain workout at a certain time. I'm going to do X amount of pushups at a certain time. It's like, it all is. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say, you know, is running for you? Is that tied to your mental health? Is it something that you use, uh, you know, your daily life? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even know that it was, it's weird because Sometimes you don't even realize you have quirks or whatever you want to call it until they're gone, you know, and then you look at why they're gone and it's like, oh, well, they're gone because they're running. Well, that's improves my mental health. And I certainly didn't set out to do that. I, I think it's it's a byproduct. But at the same time, if someone has, I'm not saying running can cure deep psych, deep psychosis, you know, but if you're feeling blue, it sounds corny. Go jog. Yeah. You know, get, get the blood flowing. And that's a byproduct of, of the running is, 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 the, is the mental health component. And for me, it, I mean, for me, it helps me organize my life. You know, I organize my thoughts. I spend time thinking about my relationship with, with, with people. Um, I reflect on my day that I've had. If it's, if it's, a, if it's a nighttime run where I, where I plan my day in the morning, you know, um, just kind of get the head right. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, like it's when I walk into work after just banging out 10 miles at like 830, it's like my day is over. You know, it, feel, it feels yeah. like my day is over. It's like whatever else you got for me, just bring it. It's fine. It doesn't even matter. Totally. So, yeah, so it definitely helps with the mental health. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't have, I have idiosyncrasies and I'm, you know, a little, like OCD with things, but I'm a much happier, calmer, empathetic, more compassionate person because of running and the role that I have let running take in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very much a, uh, it's like, it's, it's what I do, you know? Mm-hmm. It really sounds like it's part of your, your core identity. Oops. Your core identity it's, of who you are. Yeah, I think over the years it's definitely become that. Um, and again, I didn't set out for it to done. I'm just letting. It's like you know that that it's like that saying, just trust the process. Right. You know. So I'm I'm pushing all in with this, you know, and I I I have been pushing all in for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's what happens. It, it's kind of it has become a very central part of my identity. It's not the only thing I am, but right. if you ask me, I yeah, I'm a runner runner or a, jo- a jogger a jogger <laughs> i'm actually a a shuffler <laughs> the ultra shuffler yeah it was pretty funny today i was chatting with a guy um i don't even remember the context i think we were out at a, a food store i had on you know wearing the sasquad gear he read the shirt he's like trail running what is that i've never heard of that and that's a strange thing you know i mean usually people have heard of trail running or hiking or, or- something or they could at least put the two words together. Put the two together, right? Now, running. Is that a roller coaster club? Like, what do you guys do? Yeah. Really? He really? says, I never, I never heard of trail running. Is that, is that like jogging in the woods? I said, 
Yes, that, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's, nice. it's just, you know, buffet to buffet. You just go, <laughs> that, that's it. Oh, it's crazy. Um, this will lead to another good question. You know, speaking of, you, you meet interesting characters every day. I got to imagine through not only your running, but your podcast, you've met some really incredible um, sure. some really incredible people. So is there somebody specific? I know you mentioned before, um, you know, the woman, I believe, was her name Mary? She was a, a mentor to Mary you? Arnold. Mary hey, Arnold. Mary Arnold. Yeah. Um, I had like her on, go, go ahead. Just to say, if, 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 if her or somebody else that really inspires you in the sport, um, either personally or someone, you know, you admire from a distance, that's made an impact on you and your own running. Yeah. I mean, uh, for example, you just referenced him in the beginning of the show, Treshel Churns. Um, you know, I, I had him on the show, uh, his episode premiered or it dropped sometime like middle of summer, you know, mm-hmm. but I met him at the Haynesport 24 hour race on New Year's Eve through Swanson. He was, he was yeah. like, yo, you should, you should, you should take this guy out. And me being me, I was like, Oh, this dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god so i waited until mile 96 of that race so i figured like the 100 mile like the 24-hour race they say the distance like the race starts at 100 miles right so i didn't want to talk to trishel at 100 miles i thought to myself i'll make it a point to get to him in like somewhere in the mid 90s i'll get a cup of soup i'll finally walk a loop i'll talk to yes. trishel tell him, tell him, Hey, I have this little podcast. I'd love to have you on, you know, yeah. so having like from there, you know, eventually came on. It was like, so having a guy like that, where I didn't even know about him to the role he plays, at least in, in my life, like in my head, thinking about some of his achievements and yeah, like that, like guy like that, he fired like, meeting him through the, through the podcast definitely fires me up, you know, but like, like we, like we both had the opportunity to sit down and chat with, Hillary Allen, um, yeah. and that was, oh. that was possible through Mary Arnold, you know, yeah. on, at, like at least on uh, my end, mm-hmm. my coach, his, his episode, my season finale running times with gags season two is going to, it will, will air in about three hours from now with, with, uh, Adam Kimball, um, mm-hmm. professional ultra runner out there in Tahoe, but, uh, yeah, meeting guys like Patrick Mullins, the mm-hmm. uh, Irish runner from the, uh, the Irish 24 hour national runner. Yeah, like those guys are awesome. And, and I didn't know about these people prior to the podcast. But like, you know, sitting down with like Gene Dykes, Keith mm-hmm. Straw, Keith Straw, my goodness, 100, 100 milers, you know. And before I even, like when I first started getting into ultras, I would hear his name, never, never met him. When I finally met Keith, it was like I was literally starstruck. Was like, That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> And the first time I met Keith, it was at a loop race, as a matter of fact. Um, I came in second. Keith came in third. Pat Hine came in first, who was also on, on the podcast. But it was like to have a dude like Keith Straw chasing me all day long. I was like, wow. Like, at least in my head, like during that, like, during that day, I was like, I made it. You know, like, I made yeah. it. He, like, <laughs> Keith Straw was chasing me. Holy shit. You know, that was a really good feeling. So then to have him on the podcast, mm. you know. So that, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know if you feel the same way, at least, at least for me when, you know, 
I mean, yourself included, when people come on the podcast as a guest, I, I feel starstruck every time, you know, but without fail, everyone is the most down to earth person. Yeah. And it, yeah, I remember like, like you said, when Hillary Allen, like, holy cow, I was like, is this even real life? I'm talking to Hillary Allen and like the nicest, nicest person probably, was, you know, you've ever met, right? It was like, it was uncomfortable how nice she was. It actually <laughs> made me feel uncomfortable, you know, because she was that, it was, she was legitimately that nice, all smiles, you know? Oh my goodness. But it's and, genuine and like, though. I, I really feel like, I mean, it it's such a genuine thing with, with each, each person, you know? And, and for that to come through over a Zoom recording, yeah. like, like that wasn't even face-to-face. So if that right. was face-to-face, you know, she could have like my bank account. I have no idea. She's like, right. this, this, this is so nice. She could take everything from me. I have no right. idea. Take it all. Take it right. all. Right. Or Hillary, whatever. It's so pleasant. Oh, it's so great. I love that. Yeah. I mean, man, the community is really, it's just made up of amazing people. And and what I love about it too, I'm sure you'd agree is it's like, you have these front runners, you know, like the whole list that you just mentioned, but then you're the back of the pack people as well. Everybody start to finish. Um, I love to tell this story. I've told it a couple of times on the podcast. So my grandmother, she's 84, 85 years old. She's local. She comes to our races sometimes. Every race, she says it like 15 times. She says, Kimmy, these people are the nicest people, the nicest group of people. I said, you know, Nana, you're right. It's true. It really is true. Absolutely. You know, like I used to go to a lot of like fish shows back in the day. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a deadhead. Um, and at these festivals back in the day, it's very much like the trail running community and the ultra running community nowadays for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I think that was part of it too. Like that was part of the pull when I first learned about ultras was, yeah. you know, it was like, it, it had that, it had that vibe to it, you know, where, right. and like no one's really making flaffles and selling grilled cheeses, but you can get <laughs> grilled cheeses and flaffle at some, at some of the aid stations, you know, and yeah. yeah. And they really are the nicest people in the world. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna latch on to that segue. You just said some food, food. So I know we had a question in the chat. Let me pop over here. I know there was something about nutrition. I want to make sure we ask it to you. Sure. Um, let's see. I know I saw it. Hold on. Scroll down. Oh, we've got some some fun comments from Mr. John Beck legend himself <laughs> if you're like me it's obsessive <laughs> he's so funny um ah here it is okay this is from zoe hill wants to know been wanting to ask you what fuel do you use i'm thinking about the loopy looper i don't remember you seeing you stop at all great question zoe shout out zoe hello um i love tailwind um, I, I am an ambassador for Tailwind. Um, I love their product. For me, that's the one. There, there's two things I'll use. Tailwind, number one, always. The second thing is spring energy or some type of Huma gel, um, like those Humas. Every hour, no matter what, I'm having a gel 
every 45 to one hour. I don't care if I don't have any liquid to wash it down. I'm getting that in, period, end of discussion. And then tailwind. Or if that's not available for whatever reason, I'll mix maybe some Gatorade with water, something like that. But that's but those are my two staples. And then from there, everything branches out from there. So it's not uncommon for me during a 12-hour race to eat nothing, you know, just to just gels and tailwind. Longer efforts, or if I'll let my body tell me what it wants to eat. So when I come to the aid station, or if I have my cooler, if, if I'm doing a like a loop race, or I'm coming to my cooler like whenever I want, I'm going to have a variety of options: sweet, salty, savory, things like that. And then I'll go to the aid station for something hot if I want coffee or tea or a little pick me up in, in the middle of the night. So. Yeah, so if my body's saying it wants potato chips, that's because it, it, it needs sodium, like it needs salt. If it's telling me it wants candy, then it, then it, it, it needs sugars, you know? Then that's, that's how I'll work it. Mm. And I'm very flexible, aside from taking in my calories through tailwind and a gel. Okay. Now I'm going to follow up with this, and it's a little self-serving because I'm doing Tahoe in June. Do you remember... What was your, what was your go-to at yes. Tahoe? Do you remember? Cause I, so, so I volunteered at Bigfoot blown away by the aid stations there. And I noticed that, you know, some runners, they had a go-to where like every aid station they were having like the, the breakfast burrito or the, the broccoli cheddar soup or something. Do you remember? I know it's a couple of years ago, but do you like, was yeah. there something that you just loved over the course of the 200 miles? Yes. For me, it was, I was having these burritos with avocado, bacon, egg, cheese, a little bit of sour cream and a, and a little bit of salsa. If I'm not mistaken, I, I could be wrong about the salsa, but definitely like a little bit of sour cream. Um, I, I would come through and bang down at least one of them, no matter what. And that was something that, that started in like, probably like, like mile 70, somewhere around there, you know? But they're but they're aid stations. Yeah. I mean, but listen, Stefan does a great job for you know what for what he does. Right. Those aid stations, they literally had chefs like yeah. <laughs> short order cooks. That was a short order cook at at those aid stations. I've never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible. So I when I volunteered, I went out the week before for Bigfoot. So me and the group of volunteers, we were unloading the food. I mean, I'm not exaggerating, like tractor trailers of food, you know, they would get from Costco, um, other food stores and then loading it. I mean, each aid station had like a square of 20 foot by 20 foot, you know, of food is, is pretty incredible. Um, But if you scale it, if you scale it down, I feel like Stefan is on par. It's just like a much scale down. And and, 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 And that's what it is, you know? But it's a different type of aid station because there you're not coming through grabbing a Dixie cup of like M&Ms and then yeah. filling up the bottle and rolling. Like you're coming in and sitting down and parking unless you're an elite. Most of us aren't. You're, right. you're coming in and you're sitting down for at least a solid 20 minutes minimum, you know. So, and trying and so to take in like 500 to 1,000 calories, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it, there's, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different type of aid station, mm. but you're right. It, it's all scaled down. Totally. 
or, or scalable. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, I know we had another question in here. Um, I think it was about strength training. Yep, okay, from, uh, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, uh, Rahul Yadav wants to know, do you do any strength workouts? Ooh, that is my Achilles heel. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm getting in back into my routine again. Um, when I'm in my routine, my strength workouts are more body work stuff. Um, I have like little, like 15 pound and uh, 20 pound weights, which I'll curl or whatever. But for the most part, I, I prefer body weight stuff and yoga. Um, that would be my. Like when I'm doing yoga regularly, like a regular practice, and that's part of my routine, that's when I'm feeling really good. So no, I don't have a, a strength training program. I prefer you, yoga and body have weight. Have you been um, injury free for the most part? Have you, have you had injuries over the years? Knock, Knock on, on wood. All right. All right. Knock on wood. I've been pretty fortunate. I'm dealing with like a little bit of issues now, I, I think, because I fell out of practice with my yoga. Like, yeah. quite frankly, over the last few months. But uh, that's all changing again now because I have my goals fixed for next year and what I got to do and this and that. So we're we're locking. We're it's it's going to be turning the uh, brain like 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 come December. Mm -hmm. That's when I'll turn my brain into like a laser beam. And all I'm thinking about from December until the middle of May is I'm doing a 72 hour race up in northern Jersey. Um, I, I may push in for the, for the 144 hours, but I'm definitely going to do the 72 hours. And, um, it's like, that's what I'm locking in on. Awesome. So, is the, so the fair race? yes. Awesome. Yeah. The fair. There is, there is that the fair. Yes. The fair that, um, I, I'm a big fan of spectating that race. I like to go and, and, okay. uh, cheer or heckle the runners at that race. <laughs> particularly john beck i know he's in the chat <laughs> yeah 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 shout out john beck he's i was actually spectating that race back in may i i, I went there for a little bit to uh, chat with uh to, to chat with some friends and then i ran their 12-hour race um early october and had a and had a good time on that loop um it seemed like a, a nice course you know there's showers on site yeah it's like all right you know it's it's a very it's a it's a it's a good operation and i'm going to give it a go so i'm doubling down for 22 and let's go yeah so that's awesome yeah and i just saw um i'm, I'm sure you're probably in are you in tree shoals group the the new yes, that, just yes. The that was some exciting hour, news. I, i'm in that's that 48 hour global yes uh, world championship i am signing up as soon as that becomes available you will see me middle of october at the, at the fairgrounds again. I don't care yeah. what happens in May. I will be there in, in, in October. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy. I just talked to him on the phone a few days ago and I told him, man, I'm so happy. He, you know, he took the reins and took the initiative to, to yeah. really keep that alive because it sounded like it was going to kind of fall to the wayside, but now it's like, it's got really great momentum, you know, and his, efforts, and his efforts were so successful that the IAU actually rescinded a couple of the records and, and they've actually are, are retaining them. Oh, is that true? Is that right? Not all of them, but I, I believe two of the races or the, the okay. uh, records rather, they, they will now keep, okay. keep, keep track of. So they realized that they made a mistake. 
And part of that realization is doing parts at Treacle. I mean, there's uh, there's other folks who were you yeah. know, very you know vocal about this, but yeah, that was shout out Treacle. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting. I've I've enjoyed watching it, and I'm I'm really happy that they're going to be doing the the championships at the fairgrounds. Like, I mean, that's Jersey pride right there. We got some pride going on. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay, let me hop in here. We got another couple of questions. Um, Joe, oh, I wonder if this is Joe Gorlaski. Joe Go, is that Joe Gorlaski? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, but his, his question is, better Philly basketball player, Overton or Barkley? Ah, Barkley. <laughs> no hesitation, Joe. I mean, just, just the attitude alone. <laughs> yeah. I like Barkley's attitude. There you go. There you go. Um, all right, we'll get back to running here. This is from uh, Trisha Aspenwall. I'm starting to think about my first 100. How did you grow from your first 50K or marathon to your first 100 miler or more? Gradually, or did you go all in? Any general tips? That's a great question. I, I'm really glad uh, Trisha asked that. So giving some tips to runners who are looking to make the jump. Sure. Hey, Trisha. Hello. Um, my first 100 was Pine, was Pine Creek 20, uh, uh, Pine Creek 100 back in 2016. Um, I did a couple of 50 milers prior to that. Um, I ran my first 50 miler May of 2015. So September 2016 was my first 100 miler. And during, the, and during that year getting ready, I think I ran maybe two or three 50 milers. Oddly enough, I've only run 100K um, officially, which is weird. And it's not even on my ultra run sign-up because not, not, not enough folks ran it. So mm-hmm. it, it's not an official race on their thing. It's like kind of in yellow at the right, bottom. Right. So for me, it was a lot of 50Ks, a couple 50 milers. and then. Here's the thing I would say when people want to run their first hundred miler, you have to, you should be realistic. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a lofty goal, but if your first hundred is going to be hard rock, that's not wise, you know? So, you know, you need to know what kind of runner you are, you know? So because hundred mile distance, it's going to explain whatever weakness you have in your game, that hundred mile distance is going to expose that, you know, and it's, it's going to stay on that and attack it. So you need to be a strong runner. You need to have a strong set of legs, a strong mind, know who you are, know what kind of runner you are, and then plan for that type of race accordingly. Right. You know, so for me, a good hundred miler would be something like the keys 100, you know, it's hot, mm-hmm. it's flat. You know, that would be good. That would be a fun 100 miler for me. Right. Not a crazy mountain race. I would do the crazy mountain race, but I wouldn't have near as much. It would be a different mentality, you know. So, no. So, so yeah, Trisha, know what kind of runner you are. And don't bite off more than, more than you can chew, but certainly take a nice, big, healthy bite. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really good answer there. And uh, I just have to say, guys, I can't wait for when you go and do the uh, the Hudson Highlands hundo. I'm, I'm so excited for that when you do it. <laughs> no. Come on. Come on. I'll be a volunteer for that one. I will, I, I, will, I will help whoever wants to do that one. You know, when you mention that, like, it, that's, that's a lot of climbing. That's a lot of elevation. Um, 
And I, I live in Philadelphia. Like I live in center city, Philadelphia. Like my, my training comes like, like my Hills are on the, are, are on the Ben Franklin bridge. You know, like, right. you know what I mean? Right. So I have to be, I have to be realistic here. All right. You're, you know what? You're, you're practicing what you preach and what you just said. So I respect that. But I will totally support you if you want to better your time or if anyone's out there and they, and they, they need a pacer or they want someone to come give them like a, a pep talk. Yeah, man. I'll help you out. There it is. <laughs> All right. I just had to throw that in there. I got to, you know, every once in a while, I'll keep poking the bear. That's um, fair. All right, let me scroll back up, make sure we didn't miss anybody. Uh, oh, that was Joe Gorlaski. He says, does anyone smell worse than me? He, so he won, he won the Stinkiest Runner Award at one of our races. So he's, he's quite the legend uh, wow. at Sasquad. He smelled pretty bad, and uh, he's proud of the, the prize. I think we gave him that. You know, that was the race. Uh, this was a few years ago. Maggie Gutierrez was there, and at the time she was working for Nathan, and she brought all these um, – little sample packs of like soap that you can bring and when you're traveling to wash yeah. your clothing so joe won like a box of those for being the stinkiest runner <laughs> um, okay i think we only missed one question but this is this is from crystal jackson and wants to know how does mike keep his beard up which we you know we spent a good amount of time chatting about that in the beginning but if you want to maybe give like the cliff notes version to uh Christmas crystal. version crystal um you have to <laughs> it's just so funny see people ask about the beard <laughs> there um, it is <laughs> there it is uh yeah i just you have to groom it you have to go to the barber find a good barber that's that's important um i have a barber but he's moved and i'm kind of between barbers right now so this is and i'm you can see i'm like overdue for a trim so i really should practice what i preach so yeah find a good barber groom at least every six months at least for a shape up okay. minimum if you're going to grow it out all right there, there you have it crystal there's there's the answer on the beard game there um all right let's finish with one last question uh i cannot remember who asked this but it was on either your post or mine in the Sasquatch group, somebody had asked, uh, what bucket list races do you have on your oh, list? Yeah. That's the great question to end on. I think that was Chepsey had um, mentioned Oh, yeah, that yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Jorts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> um, it just makes me laugh. Like, that's, that's such a, whatever. It's funny. Um, all right, so my bucket list races, it's got to be, First and foremost, Western states. Um, you know, it's I'm like everybody else. I'm doing at least one race a year that's a Western states qualifier. I'm trying to, you know, like that's my bucket list race. Aside from that, I'm going to say ba uh, Badwater mm. and Spartathlon is really piquing my interest uh, to go over there and experience that. Something more local. Hmm. I think, eh, I mean, there's so many good races, but ah, they have, okay, here it is. The, tra the, 
the 3100 mile tra uh, transcendental oh, metal. That's kind of like, you know, that's one of the things that really appealed to me about meeting Treachel in person. Right. Like when you meet Treachel, and he's done that race three times. Yeah. And it's a half, it's a half mile New York, like New York City block that you run at least 100K a day for 50 days, um, you know, and I would love to do something like that. Yeah. You know, just to really throw myself into it. But that takes, I'm so far away from where I need to be physically, mentally, spiritually to really give that a go. Um, but I think if I stay on this path that I'm on for a while, I will get there. Yeah. So that would be like the ultimate, you know, to take two months of my life just to run i mean that or something like you know like like running across the country like that's the, that's the other big like that's the real like that's the more feasible practical goal that i see myself yeah. working towards that's more feasible in my mind than taking off two months of my life just to run around the same block yeah. you know right what an incredible experience that, you know, I'm, I've always been fascinated with the transcontinental runs. I mean, it's, it's just the experience alone. I mean, even for folks that drive cross country, it's an incredible experience yeah. to travel on your own two feet across the country. Like, can you imagine that? Just unbelievable. That's one of the things I think about all the time, you know, like, and then to be able to one day, you know, fly from Philly to LA. And when you look down, it's like everything, yeah. see, everything for that six hour flight. You just ran it. Mm -hmm. That's badass. Yeah, it totally. Yeah. I, I just had that experience when I was flying in Nevada. You know, you you fly over the Grand mm -hmm. Canyon. Earlier this year, I'd done the, the rim to rim to rim. Right. When you see it from the plane, you're like, it doesn't really look that big. <laughs> but it is. It's I, I understand the sentiment of it. It's like, it's pretty incredible, you know, to have that, you know, the bird's eye view. Yeah, so those are my, those would be, oh, and also the uh, marathon in Rome would be oh, yeah. nice. I think that would be nice. All of the uh, cobblestones would probably bother me. But uh, other than that, I would love to, to uh, you know, to run that marathon. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. We got to get you connected with uh, Otto Lamb. I know we talked before this, but he's he's done Spartathlon several times. He was just out there, did it this last summer. And, you know, he's done Badwater as well. So I bet you, you, you'd have to really twist his arm, but he would come on your podcast. We'd have to peer pressure him a little bit. I have, I, I definitely know the name. And like I said, I think I've met Otto once before, but I certainly know his name and I've seen it and I've seen his name on like certain races that I've researched. So yeah, he's, he's certainly on my radar. Yeah, he's a good he's a good dude. You'll we'll have to peer pressure him though, because he he came on our podcast with uh, Elaine Acosta and Maggie Gutero, but we really had to be like, come on, come on, come on, you can do it, come on. <laughs> yeah, there's I'm sure you have people like that too. There's 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 a couple of people that I'm trying to get on that for whatever reason they're not they're not quite ready yet, and uh, yeah. it bums me out because I think their stories would just be great, you know. There's a couple of them. And if, and if you're listening, you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You got to rub, rub it in a little bit. <laughs> uh, Gags, this has been so great. Uh, the, you know, the hour flew by. We're a little bit over time, but that's all right. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I'm, I'm so glad you, you came on tonight. 
pleasure was all mine. Like, thank you for the, like, thank you for the opportunity. Um, and more importantly, like, aside from me, thank you for like, for, for what you're doing for, for the community, all the things that you're involved in. Like I'm, I'm totally going to have you on season three. Um, there will be a space for you on season three, like all the things that you're involved in, all the, all the communities that you're working with, the different charities, like we need people like you, you know, people like you give people like me something to do with my time, you know, and I, so, so thank you not for having me on, but thank you for having me on, but not so much for that. Thank you for what you thank. Thank you for what you're doing for real, for real. I mean that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's really, that's totally. kind of to say that. Totally, totally. And folks out there, uh, season season two from, uh, finale drops tonight with Adam Kimball at midnight. Um, I'll be at the Philly Marathon this weekend with Bob Law. Uh, we'll be pushing for Ansley's Angels. That, that, that'll be Sunday morning. And then, uh, yeah, like, thank you for everybody on who I've had on season one, season two, and Philly Runner. Love you guys. Yeah. And we're running time with, with gags. Yeah, that's well, I want to make sure before we, we cut out, can you just share, you know, yes. name your podcast, how people can listen to Absolutely. it? And also, like, if they want to connect with you personally, how sure. can they do that? Absolutely. Uh, the easiest way to connect with me is on Instagram at BDG123. Uh, that's, my, that's my Instagram. My podcast is Running Times with Gags. It's available wherever you stream your favorite episode your favorite podcast you find on apple spotify i think even on like podbean like i'm literally everywhere um so you'll find me there just just type in running get uh, just type just type in running times and you'll and, and i'll pop up uh let me think where else if you want to hit me up personally you can always hit me up at um run gags run at gmail.com g-a-g-z and uh yeah i mean yes i guess that's it facebook if you're watching this, Michael Gagli- Michael Gagliardi is my name. You can find me there. Awesome. Oh uh, yeah. This is great. Well, I'm a I'm a big fan of your podcast and uh encourage you if you're Thank listening, you. if you're listening now, check that out. Um just just pop on your podcast search bar and uh and you're gonna find that so um okay guys thank you so much for tuning in if you're listening on facebook live you can catch the replay if you missed some in the beginning it's going to be on our um, facebook page now and forever more and then uh also our podcast will load this up there in the next week you can find that where podcast streaming is sasquad trail runners just search for that on the podcast bar um again you want to find out more about us go to sasquadtrailrunning.com we've got races all over new jersey and uh up into new york state now which is exciting so um gags thank you again my friend Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, guys. uh, Until we see you again, keep it squatchy. Peace and love.